Well, good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRNAM for Monday, January 23rd, 2023. And our top story today, mortgages see a spike in demand as interest rates reach an all-time low. And joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Carl Delmont is with Friedmont Mortgage. Carl, Happy New Year. Great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. I appreciate it. Happy New Year to you as well. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, New Year. Um, first, I want to ask you about just in general, the housing market, the volume. We had the Federal Reserve raise rates. We talked to you about that throughout 2022. Uh, how are things been in the opening of 2023? So, you know, winding down 22, it's uh, it's analogous to, you know, going from fifth gear to pretty much neutral. Um, in some cases, reverse, but you know, mortgage volume was down a lot uh, the latter part of 22, and uh, strangely enough, the early part uh, or mid part of January of this year, we were starting to see a pickup in uh, pre-applications, pre-approvals, things like that. So, you know, I guess the good news is people now with rates dropping are a little more encouraged. But the fact remains that even though they get pre-approved now. It's going out and finding an actual property and getting the acceptance and then going to closing. So, inventory is another issue we're looking at. Uh, Carl, just to kind of talk about the, the, the volume, is it directly related to the rates, I guess, going down? Because they've been historically higher, I guess, than they had been, right? I mean, everyone was, it was, it was so low that people had this, these expectations that their mortgage was going to be two, 3%. Now I think we're closer to what, five, 6%. Yeah, I mean, we were up in the sevens and, uh, you know, came down now where, you know, recently we're in the high fives. But I think, you know, the Fed, you know, who pretty much had a a dovish stance for a long time, you know, pretty much became hawkish overnight. And I think that scared and and startled a lot of the markets and analysts. I don't think I think all of us knew that rates would eventually go up. It was artificially suppressed. Uh, You and I talked about that a while ago that, you know, the Fed buying and mortgage backed securities and their policies were keeping a lid on rates and rates probably should have been in the fives without their their policy. Um, But no one expected the Fed to pretty much just go full tilt and, you know, put stop buying mortgage backed securities at the pace they did hikes they did, and, and more importantly, the language they used. And I think that really just shot rates up as analysts try to get a grip on where we headed. And now, you know, there's signs that inflation may be taming. Uh, you know, there's still enough pundits out there who say the you know, opposite. But um, right now, it looks like in February, the Fed will probably raise a quarter point. What they'll do after that, you know, best guess is probably we're hoping stall a little bit. Um, but it really depends. I mean, uh, Lael Vander came out the other day and she still thinks that the Fed needs to be aggressive. So, you know, that's why they have so many voting governors so they can have more than just one opinion. But um, <laughs> but yeah, that's the reason. I mean, it, it startled the markets. The Fed in trying to curb inflation, his mission was to um, stop consumer spending, right? Kind of hurt jobs, kind of hurt housing. And, uh, you know, in that regard, mission accomplished. Let me ask you, we had, uh, I mentioned to you offline that we had Redfin on, the chief economist from Redfin, and she mentioned that house creation, house building, still a problem, house inventory a problem. You seem to see it the same way. I mean, if even if you get pre-approved, you're not guaranteed to buy a home. Yeah, I mean, home builder confidence just jumped. So I think 
for that reason. You know, if there's more buyers coming to market, then, you know, they create the inventory. But overall, you know, existing homes, it's, um, think about it. If you bought a house or refinanced in the last three years, four years, you know, you're giving up a really low rate to take a current market rate. So even if you buy a smaller house, are you saving any money? And and that's sort of, I guess, deterring some people from putting homes on the market, but hopefully that'll pick up. Um, you know, my, my thoughts on that are, I think some municipalities to create a wider tax base will start changing zonings. Um, there was a good article on a, um, a young group of investors that went out and bought a, a, an old school in Pennsylvania, turned it into condos and sold it out. And that's going to be their business model going forward. So I think if you see municipalities change the zoning on say warehouses, churches, schools, um, nursing homes, whatever that are defunct or for sale, if they could turn that into housing. And you're even seeing things now where, um, you know, people who are building malls or adding apartments and, and even condos next to it. So I think people are trying to get creative to find ways to add more inventory. Uh, I want to ask you about first-time builders. And, I want, and in the second segment, we'll talk about some tips that you might have if you're thinking about buying today. But what about first-time buyers, Carl? It was tough with inventory. If you don't have a house, you don't have that equity to roll into the new property. Um, are they doing any better, I guess, with, with the start of the year? Are you seeing more uh, applications in general from first-time buyers? Yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, you know musical chairs. You're going to need the original first-time buyers to want to move up to free up, you know, those small town homes, smaller homes, whatever. But, um, you know, the first-time buyers, the problem is their competition is not only each other, but also the cash buyers, because they can come in and say, I can settle in 10 days and, you know, no contingencies, et cetera. Um, but, you know, to that point, when, if they're, as long as they're not living at home and paying hardly anything, if they're actually paying rent right now, when you do the analysis, in many cases, um, it's going to be less costly for them to actually own than to to rent. Um, you know, again, I always tell people, make sure that you're financially and emotionally ready to buy a house because homeownership's not for everybody. Some people just like coming and going and letting the landlord fix things. Others really want to, uh, you know, become a homeowner and, you know, move up and, you know, maybe have the net worth that comes along with it, the pride of home ownership. So, and I think right now as rates are coming down, you're starting to see those people that were, you know, a little skittish or scared off entering the marketplace again. And I think that, you know, again, they'll probably find less competition, but they'll still have competition from the cash buyers. Um, again, it's important to remember that each state and area has a lot of grant programs for first-time buyers, and there's a lot of no-money-down programs. And if you do FHA and pair it with a grant, it almost essentially becomes a no-money-down. So, um, obviously you want to have some savings and everything else going along because as the feds raise rates on prime, your credit card payments have gone up, et cetera. You want to make sure your budget's there, but, uh, overall, yeah, I mean, I think that we're going to see a little more, especially as it comes to March and April, I think we'll see a big pickup in the first time buyer market. Last question. This one's out of left field. My apologies, but when I ask you about aging in place and what impact that might have, there are a lot of older people, people my age and older thinking about retiring and they want to retire at their house. They don't want to they want to stay in place. And there's a lot of con considerations for that. Does that have an impact? Um, it has an impact on transitional wealth and transferring wealth. But what about the impact of the housing market? If, if someone, grandma and grandpa don't want to leave, that house isn't going to be available for sale. Yeah, correct. It won't be available for a while. And it's, it's a great topic. And it's something that I, I've actually talked about on my radio shows. 
Um, here's the thing, there are builders out there that are certified aging in place. And there's actually um, occupational and physical therapists who are actually specialized in this. And this is something that's becoming more popular. We've seen the, um, the microwaves that go into drawers now. Um, but you know, part of the things that people look at is if you wanna age in place, you know, maybe you have this four bedroom house, the kids are all grown, you have grandkids now, occasionally come back to visit. You know, do you lower the countertops? Do you have to add ramps? Um, you know, do you convert um, the living room to a new bedroom on the first floor? Um, there's elevators, uh, people are adding those things. There's a lot that goes along with it. Um, walk-in showers or walk-in bathtubs, I should say. Um, so there's a lot of things that you can do and there's programs out there. Um, some seniors are actually using uh, reverse mortgages to actually do these renovations. Just make sure that you, know, you have to do counseling. Just make sure you understand how the reverse mortgage works. Um, on top of that, there's renovation loans. And of course, a lot of seniors have equity and savings. Some of them are just paying cash for it. But you have to remember when you do that, and then you turn around and try to sell the house down the road. What does that do to the marketability of that house? Because if a young couple wants to come in, do they want lower countertops? Do they want, you know, the living room? They'll have to want to go in there and turn that around. So you may be devaluing the property. And this is where it's important to talk to a good realtor and really bring in all your financial advisors so that, you know, they can tell you, look, maybe it's better off for you to sell this Let's use the money to do some other things. Maybe you buy a smaller house and retrofit it. Maybe you go into assisted living. Um, you know, and assisted living is kind of a misnomer. A lot of people think that's like, you know, tantamount to uh, hospice. Assisted living just means that if you need help, you push a button and someone comes over and helps. But especially if your kids are far away. But aging in place is a great topic, and it's something that I think we're going to hear more and more of. But yeah, definitely, there's a lot of certifications. A lot of people specialize in it. Do your due diligence before you get involved. And this is, I think it's a great topic to, you know, you, you, talk, you host a lot of financial planners and financial advisors on here. This is a great way for um, the parent to bring their adult kids into a conversation and with their advisors around and start opening up because a lot of people, the kids are afraid to talk to their parents, their parents are afraid to talk to the kids, especially with multiple kids. Like, you know, what if you're giving one something less, one's getting the antique car, but one's getting, you know, the vacation home, whatever they, they look at it as being, uh, you know, not equal. Um, but I think this is a great way to open up those conversations because it's super important to understand, you know, where the, their assets are and what's going on. A lot of people just don't talk about those things. And I think this is a great way to maybe segue into that. Yeah, really good point. Carl, I need to hold you over. When we come back, we'll talk about uh, tips for home buying. And we're going to check, get Carl's point of view on that. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN AM. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We wanna make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses, I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 
33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Tax audits, tax liens, wage garnishments. Every day we hear stories like this about good folks who are simply struggling to pay their bills. Each of them are living a frightening IRS tax nightmare and they are afraid it will destroy their lives. I'm a divorced single mom and my ex-husband left me and the kids with a lot of unpaid bills, including unpaid taxes. I was really starting to show my stress on my kids because the IRS had sent me a letter demanding a huge payment from me. I couldn't afford it. So then the IRS was threatening to garnish my wages. I'm already living paycheck to paycheck. That would have put me over the edge financially. It truly seemed hopeless, but then a friend at work told her to call the tax relief line. The people at the tax relief line, they told me about something called innocent spouse relief. They worked it out so that all of the taxes from my ex are not my problem. I don't know how that works and, and I don't care. All I care about is that I don't owe the IRS a dime and they are not going to take my paycheck. Even if it seems hopeless, you should call the number on your screen right now. There is absolutely no cost for the call or the consultation. You are under no obligation. If you are worried that the IRS could garnish your wages, seize your assets, even take your home, call us right now. The tax relief line is here to help you. Now you have a knowledgeable, professional team of tax experts that are ready to negotiate with the IRS and fight for you to save you money. The Tax Relief Line's professionals have successfully negotiated thousands of cases, reducing and sometimes even eliminating the tax debt for their clients. It's very easy to get started. Simply call the number on your screen right now. You don't have to live in fear anymore. The call and the consultation are free. Well, Carl, thanks so much for staying with us this morning. Really appreciate you hanging around for segment number two. No problem. Happy to be here. All right, let's talk about, uh, you set the stage really nice in terms of rates going down, uh, maybe a little bit challenging to get a house these days. What about some tips for, we'll do some tips for home buyers, and then we'll do some tips for home sellers. So let's talk okay. about if you're thinking about buying a home, what are some things we need to think about? I mean, obviously, you want to take a look at your credit score. And it's important to understand that when you go to consumer sites to model the credit model you're going to get, and that's the score, is going to be not the same thing. It's going to be probably higher than what, say, a car dealer is going to pull or a mortgage lender is going to pull because there's now an asset and you know, there's some more risk. So, you know, we have a lot of people like, oh, yeah, pull my scores and they're 780 and then we pull them and they're like 660 and they're, they're like, oh, what kind of model are you using? But that's the reason why. So the first thing you want to do is obviously the higher the score, the better the rate you're going to get. So, you know, work with a lender, preferably one that doesn't charge an application fee. And what you'll find now is more lenders, because the volume is not there, are probably willing, more willing to work with you they were when they were busy um 
part of our philosophy is we always want to work with the client. We want to make sure, as I said earlier, they're emotionally and financially ready. So get that score up, then look at your savings and everything else. So it's certain important to find out like, you know, what, what are you paying now in rent or what are you comfortable paying in rent? And remember this lenders by Fannie, Freddie, FHA, et cetera, you know, they're not asking us to look at your cell phone bill, your car insurance, uh, how many streaming services you have, all those other things. But those are true actual bills you're going to pay. So what you should do is sit down and look at what are you comfortable paying out each month and making sure that you have enough to pay your bills and you know, enough money to put away for your 401k. And then also, you know, look, you have to go out to dinner, maybe to movies or vacation, whatever, make sure there's some money there so that you're not quote house poor, correct? And then what went from there, what you want to do is go to your lender and tell them this is the comfort level. This is where we want to be. Now, that being said, you know, don't take an adjust rate mortgage only because it meets your budget, um, because that's only for you know, a short period of time, um, make sure you understand how that works. Um, in addition, you know, when you're looking at all those things, understand all the programs that are available out there. If you have 20,000 to put down, but you can get in with 5,000 down and your payment's a little bit more, but you have that savings, look at those options. Maybe it's better to have that little bit of an emergency cushion um, and then maybe a slightly higher payment. You know, and then also talk to your financial advisor, your CPA accountant, and just figure out, you know, that they've raised the standard deduction, everything else. Is there any benefit tax-wise for buying? Um, in some cases, there is. Some cases, there isn't. And then really sit down and ask yourself an honest question. Why do I want to buy a house? And once you answer that question, then look at what features do you want? Um, is being close to a school system important? Even if you don't have kids, you don't plan on the kids for a while, that's an added value when you resell. Um, look at you know commuting. A lot of people are working from home now, but do you still have to go in once or twice a week? You know, Look at those things. You know, some other things to think about, too, is when you're buying a house, if you're really close to a school or um, a house of worship or everything, understand that a lot of times, you know, parts of the day, it's going to be pretty crowded, right? So you might, it might take you 20 minutes to leave your neighborhood versus five on a normal day. Um, you know, I live in the country and I'm surprised when people move out here and tell me, oh, you know, the cows, I can't believe the smell, whatever. I'm like, you know, oh, those combines that are driving on the truck, you know, or the road, they take up the whole road, like, they were here for centuries, man. You know, it's not like it's a surprise. So understand the things that go along with it. But, um, you know, again, this is where it's really important to work with a competent loan officer, a trusted lender, and a great realtor. And they, they can help you work, navigate through all this. Uh, Carl, you mentioned credit score. And, and one of the shows we did earlier this uh, last week, I should say, or late last mm -hmm. week, was about uh, holiday debt that a lot of people have incurred. Is there any concern about what you're seeing in terms of people's credit related to maybe an increase in their personal debts. So when you look at that credit score, you see that in the last, I don't know, three months that they incurred a lot, you know, they bought holiday gifts, they bought a, I don't know, they bought a new car, they bought a sofa, whatever they were doing. Does that holiday debt concern you? And is it important to pay that down before you, uh, before you even think about buying a house? Yeah, I mean, you want to make sure that you understand where your debt is. And if it's too high, try to pay it down. Um, the other thing to think about is, you know, with the Fed raising prime, you know, they're rating, of course, prime as a byproduct, your credit card payment, home equity loan all went up. So that means your budget just changed because you have higher payments. And to your point, you know, yes, holiday time between you know, November, Black Friday and, you know, end of a uh, December with, you know, with shopping, you know, the January, maybe the February bills, depending on the billing cycle, are going to see an increase. Um, add in the increased interest rate and all those other things. It does. It adds to that budget. And you have to look at what happens if rates continue to go up. Um, the other thing to think about is, you know, with this happening, and we always look at this, you know, holiday bills, holiday debt, you know, you people are starting to get letters now about, you know, the cash transfers. Hey, 
transfer your balance 0%, redefine print on that, because here's a couple of things. What they'll do is they may charge you no interest for six, 12 months, whatever the case may be, but they may charge you three to 5% of the balance transferred. That is a fee and that's gonna be added to your balance. So if you can take that savings of 0% and actually knock down that stuff, that's great. Cause that might be a way to, to speed that. But also realize if you're, let's say you have two credit cards, one has um, an $8,000 balance on it. And the other has a uh, $2,000 balance, but it has say a $15,000 limit. If you transfer the 8,000 balance from the one at a higher rate to the 0% one, you're now almost maxing out that new credit card. That also will hurt your credit score. So if you're planning on buying a house, a car, applying for a new credit card, whatever, that little bit of savings may actually hurt you because you're going to pay more for other things because your score went up. So there's always, as Newton, you know, said, you know, for every reaction, there's an equal reaction. You have to look at um, some of the things that go along with there. And this is where, again, working with a competent loan officer, they can tell you, hey, you know what? Paying this off may actually hurt your score. Transferring this balance may hurt your score. Let's look at a couple other things we can do. And, you know, just the snowball method and avalanche method of paying off debt. Look at those up and see if those make more sense for you. Yeah, I love the fact that you brought in Newton's laws. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know if that's the second or third law. In any event, last we got a couple minutes or a minute and a half left. Let's talk about some tips for sellers because if you recall, when we talked during 2022, the seller could do anything he or she wanted. They could, uh, you know, they get the buyer to waive any contingencies, all that kind of good stuff. What about now, uh, 2023? What are some tips for the home seller? I think home sellers have to realize you can't compare where your situation is today to your friend, sibling, coworker who sold a year, year and a half ago. It's a different market. Now you're starting to see sellers have to be a little more realistic with their asking price, but also to be more acceptable to helping um, with closing cost help, uh, paying points, buying down rates. You've heard of the buy downs. There's one year, two year, three year buy downs. And um, usually the seller or the lender or both are the ones contributing to those buy downs. So what that means is they're going to put some money aside and actually pay part of your interest for the, that term. Maybe one year, might be up to three years, but it gives the borrower an opportunity to get in at a below market rate year one, slightly higher year two, slightly higher year three, and then roughly today's rate uh, going forward for the next 30 years. So yeah, sellers have to be a little more um, willing to negotiate and compromise. And what they'll find is that the buyers, there's some out there that are a little bit, um, a little bit too aggressive, but most buyers will be accommodative too, saying, hey, look, I know it may take you a while to buy a house, then maybe we do a 60-day close or some other things. Maybe the seller asks for a contingency. Yeah, you can, sell, you can buy my house at these terms, but I need to get my offer accepted. So I think you're starting to see a little negotiation on both sides, but you know, I think this is what most people are referring to as the normalization of housing. We got a little bit crazy with low rates and uh, you know, people just buying homes sight unseen, waiving appraisals, wait, waiving um, you know, home inspections. And some of those people now regret it because now they realize, wow, I have to put a whole new roof on year two. I wasn't expecting that, but that's what happens when you waive an inspection. Yeah, the rational exuberance of a market and, and you're absolutely right. Um, you know, when you were talking about what the deal was last year, your expectation should be what the deal is this year. You ever seen the movie Draft Day with Kevin Costner? Yep. And then at the end where they're making a deal for the trade the player, the draft pick back or whatever it was, um, it was a deal two minutes ago and the deal constantly changes. So you need to be aware of your situation. Carl, we're going to have to leave it there. Always great to talk to you. Thanks for the interesting insight. And I love the topic about aging in place. Good to see you. Thanks so much for joining us. And we look forward to having you back on the program again very soon. My pleasure. Thanks so much. That wraps up this episode of BRNAM. 
have a topic of interest, somebody you think we should talk to, then drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest creative news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more, all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content, we'll visit our website, and of course, all of our streaming partners. We're back again tomorrow for another edition of BRNAM. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device.